This is good. Okay, tonight I'm going to preach um, a word that we're probably all familiar with at some point. Maybe you're going through it right now. Maybe you've been through it. I hope you don't have to go through it, but it's a possibility. Handling pressure well. <laughs> Handling pressure well. You know, it's the beginning of a new year, and everyone's always preaching messages about your new vision, new dreams, new everything. You know what? There's also new challenges that lie ahead, okay? And as you see that, you go, oh, no, I don't handle pressure very well at all. But, you know, maybe by the end of this, you have a few clues, okay? So, um, handling pressure well. You know, sometimes for people, pressure is constant. Some people live under a constant pressure. Um, maybe it's to do well. Maybe it's to give in to something. Maybe it's to make more money. Maybe it's to get married. Maybe it's nagging parents or a nagging, nagging partner. And there's this constant pressure okay for others and for a lot of us there are seasons of pressure you know thank god there are only seasons because seasons come and go you know unless you live in singapore <laughs> sorry <laughs> there's usually um seasons and at times we we might have to wait for something and that's kind of a pressure of its own sometimes it might be a sickness and that may be a seasonal thing that passes. You may not think it's going to pass, but it, it does pass, okay? It may be a relational issue. And these things can be seasonal. They don't have to be constant on ongoing. And we can look at some of the things through the life of Jesus here that will help us in this situation. Now, where does pressure come from? Pressure comes from others, and pressure comes from ourselves, okay? Pressure can be simple or it can be very complex. It can be as simple as a child in the supermarket. Mommy, buy me that. <laughs> Mommy, I want that. Put it down. Now. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pressure. Okay, that's a kind of pressure. And there's simple pressures like, you know, your cat or your dog and they just want more food. You know, there's simple pressures. Are you going to give in to it or not? <laughs> and all the pet lovers understand exactly what I'm saying. It can be um, pressures from family. A lot of pressures mm. come from family. You know, they, you know, there's some simple pressures and then there are some very complex ones, okay? And at some point in our lives, we can find ourselves in complex pressure situations, okay? Like, you know, making a will being pressured to make a will, being pressured to put somebody in aged care, that kind of pressure, and, and not giving in to these things. Pressure to sell your house, pressure to downgrade or to upgrade or whatever, pressure to go into aged care, pressure from friends, you know? What is wrong with you? Why don't you come out with us? It's just simple fun, you know, it's not gonna hurt anyone. You know, pressures to do things that go against the grain for you, okay? Sometimes people leave churches and they want their friends to come with them when God is actually saying, stay here. Mm. You know, that's, that's happened mm. to, to some people that I know. You know, there's pressures that to make more money, to get a better job, 
to, to do better in your life. That's a constant pressure. And so, you know, there's these simple things and then there's complex. And these ones come from others. And then there's pressures that come from ourselves. You know, we overcommit to things because we just are really caring. We're compassionate, we just want to help. And so you commit, yeah, sure, I can do that for you. No problem, I can be there, three o'clock. You turn up at five, you know. That's, <laughs> one of my brothers is like that. He overcommits and he puts pressure on himself because he cares about people, okay? The other day he was so caring, he helped his neighbour fix their washing machine. The next day the neighbour tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. And so, you know, that affected him. <laughs> so there can be pressures that we put on ourselves. Sometimes we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time, but we try to fit too many things in. We try to do too many things, or we try to do too much, and it's beyond our ability to do it. We need to take step by step by step. <coughs> Sometimes we put pressure on ourselves because we, we actually care about what people think. What, are they, what, are, what will they think if I don't do it? What will they think if I do do it? What will they think? And that puts a lot of pressure on us, peer pressure, and what other people think. You know, sometimes we are under pressure from ourselves to give in to something. You know, when people say, why don't you blah, 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 why don't you, uh, uh, and then at the end you go, you know what, why don't I? And you just give in just to have some peace, because you're tired of the nagging. <laughs> yeah, we can all relate to these kind of things. So there's different types of pressure, and some people handle it well, and some people don't handle it well. I think all of us have probably handled things well in most situations, and most of us have, I think probably all of us, have handled something very not well. Mm. You know, you lose your cool, you say things you wish you hadn't said, you do things, you just walk away when you should stay, you stay when you should walk away. There's all kinds of things that we do to handle pressures. And you know, sometimes we don't handle it well in different ways. You know, some people, you know, when it comes to emotions, some people, bam, they explode or they express it. Some people, it just affects you physically and you get stomach problems or you get in your stomach, butterflies and gurgling in your stomach. Some people can't handle pressure and they will blame God. And so then they stop going to church, or they stop reading the Word, or they say, I can't pray anymore. You know, there's all kinds of ways that pressure affects us, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, we can get tired, we can burn out, and all these things actually add to the pressure. So I thought, who's the best example of handling pressure well? You know, when you get like that, kind of at the end of the tether, Who's the best at handling it? Well, obviously, Jesus. Perfect, perfect example. So I want to go through a few verses. The first one, I'm not going to go through all of them, but the first example of pressures that came upon Jesus was right at the beginning of his ministry. Right at the beginning of his ministry, in Matthew chapter 4, he gets filled, he gets baptised, 
uh, in water by John the Baptist. Holy Spirit comes upon him. It's an awesome time. And then it says the Spirit led him out into the wilderness and he was tempted for 40 days by the devil himself. And of course he was tempted to perform. He was tempted to do what he wanted him to do, not what God wanted him to do. And so the devil pressured him to do things out of God's will, out of God's timing. But Jesus counted him every time. He counted him every time. Under pressure, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. He stood his ground and he was strong. Even though he was physically challenged at that time, 40 days without food, and the enemies buffeting him, testing him, trying him, seeing how he would handle the pressure. He handled it excellently. He passed the test and then he went and of course started his public ministry. Of course, when he started his public ministry, the first pressures that he got was from the leaders. You know, they didn't recognize him as the Messiah. Oh, you're here. Thank God you're here. No. They began to challenge him and they became his greatest enemies. Okay? The Pharisees, the scribes and Pharisees, they were constantly pressuring him, challenging him. Do this, do that, if you really are. Come on, say it, say it. And they challenged him and pressured him constantly. And they constantly pressured him to conform. What are you doing healing on the Sabbath? What are you doing talking to those sinners? You're a friend of sinners. They constantly pressured him to be what they wanted him to be, to say what they wanted him to say. And that's what it's like for us sometimes. People want you to be what they want you to be. They want you to say what they want you to say. And so what did he do? At times, he would rebuke them right back. Other times, he would keep silent. Other times, he would speak with incredible wisdom that they couldn't challenge and they had to walk away. Other times, it says he withdrew himself. He withdrew himself. In other words, he got away from it. That word withdrew means to protect. Sometimes you've got to withdraw yourself to protect yourself. Was he running away? No, he was protecting himself and gathering his strength for the next battle. And that's what we need to do sometimes. Withdraw yourself, regain your strength, hear from God and come out with fresh, fresh fire basically. He always responded well. He always responded wisely. And then, of course, there was pressure from the crowds. There was the pressure of popularity. You know, some people just want to be popular. They want so many friends on Facebook. They want to be recognized. They want to be somebody. They want to be somebody. But there's pressure that comes with popularity and exposure. And he said at one point in, um, I think it's John chapter 6, he said after he fed the 5,000 people, he basically said, you, you guys are only following me because you ate. It's all about the food. It's all about the food. You, you're happy because you ate and you're full. 
you got full bellies. You don't need anything now. You don't need me, really, until your next feed. Mm. That's what he was saying. You're only following me because of the carnality that is in you. All right? So he was pressured by the crowds. Jesus, do this. Jesus, do that. They were always clamoring after him. They always wanted something. And when they got it, most of them just walked away. Most of them just walked away. Ten healed, one comes back and says, thank you. How many times did that happen? How many times did that happen? And even now, even now we see it. People blessed by the Lord. Things go well, they leave. You don't see them. It's not good. Not good. Then the pressure comes and they call you for prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. The disciples... Let's get on to some of the disciples now. Not the crowds, not the Pharisees, but this is when Jesus' good friend, uh, Lazarus, has died. And the two sisters have sent to Jesus and said, you need to come. Our brother's really sick, but he got very, very sick. John chapter 11. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days. What, he didn't immediately leave? Hello? He loves these people and he waited two days. Oh! He stayed two more days in the place where he was. He didn't move. Wow. What kind of Jesus is this? <laughs> the disciples must have thought, oh, what's going on? You know, all the things he said and now he's heard his... One of his best friends is sick and he's just hanging around, twiddling his thumbs. No, he's not. He's waiting to hear from the Father what to do. So after that, two days later, after this, he said to the disciples, let's go. Let's go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And you want to go back again? So first of all, there would be the pressure, the silent pressure. You know when people don't say something and you can feel the pressure? There would have been the silent pressure from them for that two days. And then he goes, okay, let's go. And they go, no, no. Don't go back there. They were all trying to kill you there, remember? You want to go back? And so they're pressuring him to stay. See, there's different kinds of pressure that comes. Well, of course, he went. And then Martha comes out. Says, then Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, she went and met him. And she said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Like, oh, no pressure. If you'd come, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> but then she said, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So first of all, she's pressuring him, saying, Wow, you took your time. <laughs> took your time, wouldn't have happened if you got here earlier. But you know what? No pressure. <laughs> you can raise him from the dead now. <laughs> Amazing. And this is Martha. This is not Mary. This is Martha. The one who was running around the kitchen all the time. Mm -hmm. 
okay? But she's got enough faith to say, I believe you can do it. You ask God, he'll do it. So different kinds of pressures, just in that little short passage. So he got pressure even from those who were close to him, from the disciples. And then he got pressure, guess who, from family. The family's embarrassed by what's going on, okay? So in Matthew, it says, while he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. They're going to put pressure on him. You need to calm down, son. <laughs> and then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. Pressure. Stop ministering, Jesus. Stop it. Stop teaching, stop preaching, stop healing right now. Your family's out there. Your family's out there. Come on. Are you a family guy or not? He stretched out his hand towards his disciples. And he said, here are my mother and my brothers. This is my family. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. He was making a point here. Did he hate his family? No, he did not. But he said, family, when you come into the kingdom of God, is way bigger, way bigger. Don't lose your focus. He was there to do a job. And they were trying to say, hey, your family's out there. Stop now. Stop now. And he said, no, these people matter. He knew what mattered. He knew who mattered. Okay? Family is important. But the family of God, the work of God, the, the will of God is above that, okay? And they were there to pressure him to stop, and he knew it. And he said, no, 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 there's a bigger picture here, much bigger picture. So there was pressure from family. He was strong, he kept focus. He didn't rebuke anyone, he just included all those others, okay? He included everyone else. Okay, there's many, many, many more examples that you're probably sitting there thinking, oh, what about this and what about that, right? But I've just got a few here. What about when he was in the garden, just before he's about to go to the cross? Luke chapter 22. It said he was withdrawn again. See that? Seven, the disciples are there. Peter, James, John. He took the inner crew, the inner group, inner circle with him. And he said, stay here, guys. I'm just going to go over here and pray. Like, you pray here, I'll pray there. He was withdrawn from them. About a stone's throw. He knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So he's under incredible pressure right now. He's withdrawn himself to pray, just me and God, you and me, Father, you and me. He withdrew. And in times of pressure, sometimes we run for help from everybody else. But we need to run to the Lord. He withdrew to the Father and he said, look, I don't really want to do this. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to do it. And sometimes there's pressure on us to do things that we don't know if we can do it. 
We don't know how it's going to happen. But if it's God's will, let it happen. Let it happen. Nevertheless, he said, not my will, but yours. So he's prayed. What happens after he prays? He gets an answer. An angel. <laughs> an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthened him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. So an angel has appeared as a result of his prayer. The angel has strengthened him, but he's still in agony. We can't even imagine what this was like. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. So he didn't stop praying, he prayed more. You know, when you're in agony, when you're in pain, when things are really tough, don't quit then. Pray more. Press in more. He prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat, so he's spiritually he's engaged, his soul is in agony, and now his body, physically it's affecting him. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Sweating like blood, sweating bullets as they say. Because of the pressure, the pressure, the pressure of knowing that he was going to take the sins of the whole world upon himself. The pressure of knowing that he was going to be separated from the Father for a period of time. They'd never been separated. The Father and I are one, and yet that separation was going to come when sin came upon him. That agony, that agony, and yet he just prayed more and he pushed through. Then when he rose up from prayer and he'd come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. So he's in agony and they're in sorrow. And he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. He was tempted, but he didn't give in. He was pressured, but he didn't give up. He prayed again. He prayed through. And then he got up and he said to them, guys, don't sleep. Don't sleep. Pray. There's too many people sleeping and not enough people praying. And when you're sleeping, he says, don't sleep. You'll enter into temptation. Don't sleep. Pray. Some people handle pressure by sleeping. Others handle it by prayer. Be wise and pray because we don't want to enter into temptation. Very wise. So suffering and pressure. Suffering and pressure. What about the cross? He's hanging on the cross and people are passing by. Those who passed by blasphemed him. They mocked him. They swore at him. They spat on him. They waved their heads. Messiah. And saying, you who destroyed the temple and build in three days, save yourself. If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. That's pressure. That's pressure. 
the agony of the cross. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. Because he was the Son of God, he stayed there. He stayed there to fulfill the Father's will, to save us. It wasn't about saving himself. They just didn't get it. It was about saving us. Saving us. That's pressure from the people. And then, likewise, the chief priests, also mocking with the scribes and the elders, all the big shots, all the religious guys, the leaders. They said he saved others. Himself he cannot save. They just didn't get it. If he is the Messiah, if he is the King of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. If they hadn't believed all the miracles they saw, if they hadn't believed all the wisdom that they heard, they wouldn't have believed in him if he'd come down off the cross. <laughs> they wouldn't have believed because it wasn't in them to believe. You know, you see all this and you go, whew, suffering. Suffering's part of life. Suffering is part of life because we live in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. It's part of life and we see it every day on the news. We experience it to different degrees in our lives, the pressures and the suffering that comes with it. But we can handle it. You know, when you read this, you go, well, that was Jesus. How can we handle it? Well, Firstly, through forgiveness. As he was on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Forgive the ignorance of people. Forgive. Forgive. And then he said this. He told his disciples, The hour is coming and has come that you'll be scattered. You'll be separated, each to his own. You go to your own city, you go to your own family, you'll be gone. And you'll leave me alone. He told them. There'll be pressures on you and you will scatter. You'll leave me all alone. But he says, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Because the Father's with me. See, Jesus knew that. If you know that, if I know that, we can go through anything. If we know that, you don't have to know all the scriptures by heart. You don't have to know all these memory verses and all that. It helps. But you don't have to know all these things. If you know that God is with you, you can go through it. You can go through it. And the last verse here, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, all our tribulation, all our struggles, all our trials, all the pressures. Why? That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So to the degree that we receive the comfort and the healing of God, is the measure that we will be able to sow back into the lives of others. It's not just about you and me. It's about others as well. Those who are handling pressure and don't know how to handle it and aren't handling it well, 
we can say, you know what, there is a way. There is a way. His name is Jesus. This is how he did it. This is how he does it. And that's how I've chosen. What about you? What about you? So how do we handle pressure? Know the Lord. Know the Lord. Know the word of God like Jesus did when he fought against the devil. Know the word. Know the will of God through his word. Stay focused. When the distractions come, when people knock on the door and say, hey, your family, this, that, stay focused on what God has called you to do, what God has called me to do. Stay focused and don't be pressured. Don't be pressured by worldly thoughts. Don't be pressured by, by soulishness, okay? Don't be pressured by illegal soul ties to others and feeling guilty about things. Don't be pressured. Be forgiving. Be forgiving. Be forgiving. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that you handled pressure so well and you left an example for us to follow. Lord, we thank you that no matter who or what pressures us, in any form that's against the will of God for our lives. Lord, we can stand strong. We can be strong. We can handle it well. And we can handle it wisely. We can forgive when we need to forgive. We can stand when we need to stand. We can withdraw when we need to withdraw. Lord, we just thank you for your wonderful, wonderful word. We just bless you tonight. Father, I pray for any here that may be struggling with pressures, Lord, family pressures, financial pressures, health pressures, aging pressures, Lord, whatever may be coming against any of us, help us to be strong in you and the power of your mind. And let good things come. Let change come. Let growth come. Let good fruit be our portion. And let us be closer and closer to you each day. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Say hi to someone. If anyone needs prayer, I want to pray with you. Bye, everybody online. Have an awesome week. God bless.